You have found a place to learn, encourage, support each other, be real, and have fun. Join us on a journey to becoming better versions of ourselves. Welcome to The Grind. Here are your hosts, Matt Buckner and Bob Page. Hello, how are you? My name is Bob Page. With me today is Matt Buckner. We are co-host of this podcast, The Grind, a Missing Chins Rudd Club podcast. Today we speak with fellow chin Anthony Massiello, and wow, are there some serious nuggets of wisdom contained within this one. Welcome, welcome, welcome. That's the new intro. Is it? Sick. <laughs> it's royalty free. We could use it. All right, it. let me close it. Hold on, let me close this door. I don't have enough headphone cord. Was that you, Bob? Yeah. Was that me. sucked. Don't do that again. Don't. <laughs> That's fine. But the, other, the other one was awful. I know what the problem was. Me? I had the right headphone on the left ear and the left headphone on the right ear. Happens, every time. Happens every time. Every time. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, the cord was on the wrong side, everything. That's why you were hearing yourself back. Exactly. <laughs> and forward. I think that's what the problem was. Back to the front. Back to the front. It was front, basically the in the future. <laughs> it was. You were like, hearing your future voice. I was in the future. Just like teaching a child to wipe their own ass. Back to the front, kid. <laughs> no, no, front no, to the front back. Front to the back. Front to the yeah, back. I mean, I don't know what you guys are doing. I don't know what kind of parties you guys are having. <laughs> oh, hey, man. You know. <laughs> so I know you're going to love our format because we just jump right to the middle. We give no intro. We assume that everyone already knows everything about the famous, magnanimous, infamous Anthony Masiello, and we just All jump right. right in. Whatever magnanimous is. Mag, mag, mag unanimous. Yeah. It's a, it's a new word. I like it. We're going with it. We're going with it. Okay. Is my level good? Perfect. It's how, really? You sound, pr you might be the best sounding voice we've had yet. Although wow. Andrew Taylor was very good audio. Really good. From Australia. So, from all the way from Australia. I don't know what accent hey, that was. I'm sorry, Andrew. All, uh, <laughs> all credit goes to clean feed. We're, We'll pimp clean feed for free because they're such a good thing for this podcast. Works That's well for amazing. us. Works for awesome. us. Try it. Cleanfeed.net. Try it. Give it a try. Yep. Uh, so thank you for agreeing very hastily to be on the Grind podcast. Um, I've been wanting to get you on here for a while, but you don't return my calls. So thank you mm. for accidentally answering this time. And, you uh, did give me warning. You said you were going to call me. I did schedule a call. I just didn't tell you what that call was about. I so, exactly. Welcome to the podcast, Anthony. Thank you. How, how have you been? Happy to be here. Happy to be here. <laughs> so, but no, I think, uh, you know, everyone in the Chins groups knows who you are because you've, you've been an OG and you've got a tremendous story. That story gets broadcast all over social media on a regular basis, but... For those people that are not aware of you and your story and what you've currently got going on, I thought it was a great place, especially since we are in that end of January mode and everybody uh, has had their New Year's resolutions uh, maybe fall through at this point and uh, are looking for a little further inspiration or even if they've been successful with their New Year's resolutions, but it's been a month now and they're and they need a little kick in the pants. So I thought you'd be the perfect guest for that because I love your mindset as your whole uh, 
health approach to everything is very, uh, it's not competition based. It's not chasing the next race entry. You've got a great outlook on everything on a, on a day to day, how to live your life thing. And I wanted, I wanted you to share that if you don't mind. Thank you. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And you know, it's interesting that it's January because my new life started with a New Year's resolution in January 2006. Um, and wow. I'm happy to say I have maintained that New Year's resolution. It was to give up sweets and soda and lose 50 pounds in that year. And I have not had anything that a normal person would call a sweet. You know, I have had fruit. Dates. I've even had some <laughs> fruit-sweetened desserts. Right. But I've not had anything with any kind of processed sugar in it since 2005. Wow! And I've not drank a, I've not not drank a soda since then. I don't even drink. Um, what's that water that has bubbles in it? Oh, right. I don't even the, know what uh, it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly the seltzer waters. Exactly the Lacroix or the sweet or the um, flavored seltzer waters. Not even right. those. I've even stayed away to maintain that resolution. It's that's the true. white claw of the office. Well, that's oh my goodness. the white claw of the office. <laughs> Holy crap. I hope they don't hear this because that will be their new ad line. Well, yeah. and that's, you know, I've actually done battle with LaCroix myself. It's a, it's a slippery slope. I've never gone into the flavored varieties because to me they just taste crappy. They taste like diluted yeah. flavored garbage. But I, I think I was using the carbonation as a crutch. And uh, I definitely, it was a little harder to put those down than I thought it would be when I'm, I'm like, why am I drinking water out of a can with added carbonation when I could just be drinking water? And I yeah. lucked out because I don't care for soda water at all. Like I, I liked soda, but that was, it was an easy quit for me. It was just, I'm done. And then I just walked away. So yeah. So the, and that's, and I think that's an important distinction to make because I don't have a problem with anyone who enjoys LaCroix. You know, right. and I don't it's not like I suggest people to give that stuff up because I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with it. But like you said, Matt, for myself, I stopped those things because I was worried that they would be slippery slopes. You know, they're right. kind of gray lines that that kind of lead to a direction that I wouldn't want to go. And I feel like that's one of the most important things anyone can do for themselves is just mm -hmm. be perfectly honest. And when you need a hard line on something, you know, make it for yourself. And if you don't, then, you know, if you're okay to, to um, kind of play around in the gray area and on some things and it doesn't cause a problem for you, then I don't think there's any issue at all from a health perspective, from a weight loss perspective or behavioral perspective, you know, any of those things is fine. Right. Well, and that's, that's it to thine own self be true, right? Because yes, we, I, I know that I have a pretty addictive, pretty extreme personality and that I get wrapped up in all of that minutia really fast. So I have to be what people describe as extreme, um, yeah. which doesn't feel extreme to me. It feels perfect. Um, but I see other people practicing moderation, having that once a meal, once a week, one meal cheat day or whatever, and walking away fine. That would result in, you know, a, a weight gain of a hundred pounds for me if I did things like that. So you got to do what, what, uh, you, like you said, you've got to you've got to draw the hard line where it needs to be drawn. You need to be honest with yourself. If you've got if you know that you can't 
that one thin slice of cake becomes eating the whole cake. Don't eat cake. Right. Vegan or, or otherwise. Or one evening becomes two evenings. <laughs> Two evenings becomes five evenings becomes seven yep. evenings. You know, becomes everyday occurrence. You know, that's the other year, thing. Right. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. my vegan ice cream problem. Right. Yeah. That stuff is. That's the other thing that we talk about over and over again is the difference between whole food, plant based, and uh, vegan. Obviously, yeah. because, and I still I have that conversation daily. It seems like now that I just can't lose the weight, but I eat vegan, and I'm like, well, that's the problem right there. Yeah, exactly. But you take whole food plant-based to the next level, and you're a self-described nutritarian, correct? Yes. Yep, that's correct. So and what would what would the difference between whole food plant-based and a nutritarian lifestyle look like? I don't honestly think that there's that much difference between a truly healthy whole food plant-based diet and a nutritarian diet, mm -hmm. or even someone who wants to describe themselves as a healthy vegan you mm -hmm. know the things are the same it's whole um unprocessed plant foods um as close to natural as possible and then to make it a little bit nutritarian being a little conscious about making sure that our diversity includes some you know plenty of greens mm -hmm. and that it includes beans and a little bit of nuts and the nuts belong with the greens whether it's on top of a salad or a sauce that gets on top of kale or broccoli or something like that not not nuts snacking by the handful right and um you know and it includes you know some and those are usually it's nuts or seeds so sometimes it's flax seeds or hemp seeds or walnuts or kind of leaning towards those things and um yeah, and include making sure to include mushrooms and onions and, and uh, things like that. Some of the most protective foods that are available. And that's just how I learned. And fortunate mm -hmm. for me, when I learned this, we didn't have all of these vegan products. You know, right. vegan wasn't a movement 15 years ago the way it is today. Right. So I couldn't really go. I could go into my health food store and I could find, you know, a sunshine burger. Actually, mm -hmm. which I still eat them now. But they're... Mm -hmm primarily sunflower seeds. I think that's where the name comes from. It's sunflower mm -hmm. seeds, it's broccoli, it's carrots. You know, it's like four or five ingredients that are vegetables that gets pressed into a patty and it doesn't at all taste like what a hamburger used to taste like. But it's, it's you know, nice to put on top of a salad or, you know, on a slice of Ezekiel bread. Um, but I didn't even have these temptations. You know, when we talk about vegan ice cream, there was soy ice cream, I guess. But it was hard to get and it didn't taste great. It wasn't but delicious, now, right? <laughs> yeah. But now, you know, and, and honestly, I never tried it because I got hooked on freezing bananas and putting right. them through either my champion juicer or putting them into the Vitamix and just right. blending them up that way. And yeah, nice cream is the best still. Exactly. Yeah. So and now I would have been tempted if Ben and Jerry's would have had their vegan flavors right when I was switching over. But um, right. but I had that hard line on sugar. Right. So I think that excludes a lot of the, de the vegan desserts. You know, we well, have this place here in uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. It's called Vegan mm -hmm. Treats. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes around um, Halloween or even Valentine's Day or the kids' birthdays, we'll go out there and we'll get something small, you know, so that they can have a, a slice of um, vegan cake or a vegan cookie or even some vegan chocolates or something like that um, on some kind of, you know, some of these occasions. And we make no, you know, we make no confusion about it. We realize that that's not healthy food. But to this day, I've never had 
I've never tasted a single thing that they've made because right. I've been there and we, you know, we pick out things for other people where it's appropriate who, who don't have that slippery of a slope like right. I do, but I've never eaten a cookie from there. I've never tried their soft serve ice cream that they have, you know, on summer nights, or I've never had one of the, a slice of the kids' birthday cakes that we've right. bought when they were younger. Yeah, I think people forget that there is still the option to just not eat when they're when they're pouring over the menu. There's, you know, what am I what am I supposed to order? What can I have? Let me look at the sides. Oh, that might have oil in it. I don't know. Just don't eat. Like you can make it through an hour of a family gathering at a restaurant that has no vegan options or no healthful options by not eating or pre-eating if you know you're doing a family gathering and the restaurant isn't friendly to your lifestyle don't eat there um and you you touched on it too i think that was an excellent point i want to come back to that uh josh and i had that conversation maybe part of the reason that a lot of us og chins have been so successful in our weight loss journey is the time we did it we were not it, vegan food didn't have these delicious freaking calorie dense options that back then there wasn't anything yeah. you're right like you could go yeah you would find that plant-based burger at whole foods but it wasn't that tasty and it wasn't something that you craved where now you have a meat substitute that's delicious and mimics the exact thing you're trying to avoid that's something that you know i think that needs to be addressed going forward especially for people that are new to this that the temptations are out there and and we need to remind ourselves as you know the people that have have walked this path before them that it's different for them than it was for us that there is you know the difference between whole food plant-based and, and vegan 10 years ago is dramatically different than it looks today that's, that's right the, and the, and it's temptation right i mean it, it's so much more tempting and it's so much more confusing by design too by yeah. that's by design that's that's the other part is that it's done intentionally you're supposed to be tempted intentionally you're supposed to be confused intentionally that's what they're trying and i think we've gotten to a point where it's popular it's hot it's yeah. a new thing it's and they've realized that they can make a lot of money on this yeah. so they're making it as close to as you know the other food as possible to just draw more people in and to make more money right Right. Yeah. And it's also the distinction between ethical veganism, which is phenomenal, but and then doing it for health reasons. If you're being health conscious about it, then, like you said, a food source as close to its natural state as possible. If once it becomes highly processed, now you've lost all the value both ways from a from a healthy point of view, from a caloric density point of view. All of that goes by the wayside. And, you, and yes. you wonder why you've been a dedicated vegan and you gain 20 pounds. Yeah. Because exactly. it's very easy to do. I mean, we have we've hear these stories over and over again where, and, and again, you're going into your favorite restaurant and they have that big vegan V on half the menu right. now. And you're like, oh, I'm good here. This, I, yeah. I can have all of this stuff. Look, vegan everywhere. I could eat at yeah. Burger King now. This is amazing. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> And, and, you know, that's where else the, the nutritarian approach comes into play, because the core principle of nutritarian, you know, as described by Dr. Furman, mm -hmm. is an environment of mild caloric restriction with micronutrient adequacy. And with that, you know, that's a fancy way of saying we every single calorie counts. We want to 
restrict our calories, we want to, yeah, we want to eat slightly fewer calories than we need. And that's mm -hmm. for longevity. That's not for weight loss. That's for mm -hmm. living, um, extending lifespan or what we would really call health span or what I've even recently heard people now calling is play span. Being able to enjoy our lives as long as possible, you want to live in a slight caloric restriction but that just means if you're eating less calories, you better make sure every single one counts. Right. So if you have a choice between something that does have nutrients in it, you know, like vegetables, fruits, you know, beans, you know, stuff like that, over something like even whole wheat bread, like you have to choose pretty carefully because do you want, can you afford to have these, you know, or even like, let's say white bread, right? Or the crust on a vegan pizza. Right. Can I afford to have these calories that essentially don't create uh, contain any nutrients? And or is that just going to kind of put me over my my mark, you know, for the day? And I'm not talking about counting the calories, but I'm just talking no. about the concept of really making sure every calorie we consume contains, a, you know, a very high amount of micronutrients, which are, you know, mm -hmm. vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, you know, all of yeah. those things that don't have calories. Right. Nutrient rich, not calorie dense. Exactly. Yep. So, no, and that's, I like the way that's framed. I've always subscribed to that nutritarian point of view because it is for the nourishment of your body, not, you know, I, I think all of us repel against the, oh, I'm counting my calories or I'm, no, no, there's no need to do that on a proper right. diet. But when we do, and I, I like that point of view. Let's make those calories count. That's better than saying, because then you get into substitutions and people make the mistake of one calorie does not equal one calorie. One calorie of an apple does not equal one calorie of vegan Ben and Jerry's. That's right, two completely exactly. different calories. And and they're, they're logging everything meticulously into the app on their phone and they're wondering why they're not losing weight. And that's the reason right there is the quality of the calorie they're taking. So the, the quality, if, especially if you're looking at it from a restrictive state, then that's that be, makes the focus even more important to where you're not trading one calorie for another. You're actually focusing on the quality of every calorie because you're trying to live in a restricted calorie state. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I like that. And I think, you know, and. Dr. Greger has a new book out now, too, and it focuses on a lot of those things uh, the same way. Um, and I think both of those, uh, you know, when you're when you're talking about uh, any of those top things where, you know, well, which one's better? It's like, I think, you know, that would be splitting hairs at that point. Right. That they're all. I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's like find find what speaks to you or I'm constantly blending all of them together anyway. You know, I can't remember where I heard what principle from, but it resonated with me and it works, you know, so. Exactly. Um, and and that gets risky too, because I, right. I mean, I know you, so I know yeah. that you're blending the positive things from everybody's yes. stuff together. But right. the tendency for somebody who's just switching will be, oh, well, you know, Rip Esselstyn, you know, they use some uh, maple syrup in some of the recipes, so I can have maple syrup. And then, oh, Furman allows some nuts, nuts in his recipes. Right. Oh, so, so I can, I can, and then the next thing, you know, and then, you know, maybe someone else allows a little bit of uh, 
processed white flour or something, right. you know, or something like that. So the, the next thing you know, people are eating nuts and syrup and white flour, and they're wondering why, why nothing's yeah. happening, right? Chocolate chip so, pancakes every morning yeah. for breakfast. Exactly. But so Furman said the it was only, okay. That's the, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. So that that's the only place that the, the risk comes in with, with blending. So I would say if somebody really doesn't know what they're doing, just pick one and and stick with it to the letter. I always say, you know, I don't know how many millions and millions of copies of that book, Eat to Live, have been sold, mm -hmm. but that's the first book I bought. Yeah. And the difference in me and many of those people who bought that book is I did exactly what it said, and I did exactly what it said for two years. There's and, another and difference that, and between... That's it. There's another difference between you and the pe most of the people that bought that book. You read it. I yeah, think there's, you know, I read to, it and then I did it. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about the difference between I obviously they're on the bestsellers list because everybody bought it, but no one cracked the cover of it. You know, <laughs> they, yeah, they, it's well, nice on that coffee table. Exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to read that book one day or or then they read it and they don't do it. And so, yeah, it's but I think from what I see, you know, if everybody said, yeah, I read that book, I know everything in it but they can't even speak about it. They're like, yeah, I have that book. Did you read it? No, I haven't read yeah. it yet. Well, start by reading it and then apply it because yeah. it's great information. And like you said, yeah, it doesn't matter which one you pick, pick it and stick with it. And yeah, the, and then and when the you're successful, then you can look at nuances between them right. and really try to tweak it for you. But the, right. the truth is, you know, so many of us are overnourished to begin with. That's actually yeah, our root problem is being overnourished. So if we lack a little bit in one area or another for a year or something like mm -hmm. that, you know, I don't think it's incredibly dangerous. You know, we, right. we want to, you know, we do want to learn about, you know, B12 and things that could sure. be, you know, very risky. But, but yeah, uh, I think they all take that into account enough so that just pick a plan and stick with it for, right. for, for con be consistent for, you know, a significant amount of time and everyone will see the results. Right. Yeah, and I think that's that's something that people we get these we get laser focused on one issue and throw the baby out with the bathwater at that point. Well, what about protein? Yeah. What about B12? I heard that's a serious thing. And it's like, well, yeah, I think that the serious thing right now is that you've got congestive heart failure and you're 100 pounds overweight. That's the serious yeah. thing, not whether a whole food plant-based diet will make you deficient in B12. That's the least of your worries currently. Right. And I don't know about, I don't know because I never tested it, but at 360 pounds, I'm just going to assume that I had of stockpiles of everything that I needed to last me for a year <laughs> that where I could have just, you know, eaten leaves for a year. And I don't think I would have went deficient in anything. Right. You probably could have fasted for an extended a period of time. time and not been sure. deficient in anything. Exactly. Yes. But yeah, but everyone's very concerned about, uh, I wouldn't want to be B12 deficient. Neither would right. I, but so far I haven't been. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and, but yeah, I think that's that's the distraction. That's the shiny object over uh, in your peripheral vision that you're like, oh, better not do that yet. Better wait. Better do some more Googling on deficiencies before I lose weight or become whole food plant-based. And and that's a that's kind of a natural mindset that so many of us have right now. And I think it's because of a lot of the, the way that things are portrayed on the news and basically the way that we're taught to be such critical thinkers and really to we're really trained throughout daily life to look for what's wrong everywhere, you know, and I feel like shifting that and training ourselves to look for what's right 
you know, and like, let's look for the good in things is it's, I mean, it sounds obvious. And I think a lot of people will agree with it on the, sur on the surface level. But if you really look at the way people behave and the responses people have to things, I mean, it's very obvious to me that the majority of the, of people are looking for what's wrong. And when you look for what's wrong, you know, you can dig with this, inf with the amount of information we have at our fingertips, you're going to find it. But the problem is it's not going to serve anyone. Like finding out reasons not to do things isn't going to get anyone any kind of progress at all. It's not going to help anyone to reach any new goals. So that's the other thing I encourage people to do. Like look for what you can do, look for what's right, and just focus on that for a little while and um, take the next step when you're ready. No, that's that's beautifully put. That's perfectly put because we we run into that all day, every day, right? Where someone will approach us because of our success story. Oh, I saw you on Facebook. I saw you on LinkedIn. I saw you on YouTube. You, I'm, I got to make a change. I'm desperate. Tell me what you did. And as soon as you tell them, they say, yeah, but. I'm like, what? Like, that's so confusing. But they're immediately skeptical. And you're standing right in front of them with the success. Yeah. With the right. repeated success, I mean, now you're, so you're over, you're 12 years into this then? Is that right? Or 13 yeah, so years I've, I finished losing weight in September 20, 2007 okay. is when I finished losing weight. That By that point, I had lost my 160 pounds. And so I've been maintaining this since then. So it's, you know, it's 12 and a half. It's coming up on, I guess, uh, in September, my weight ha will have been stable or level or consistent for the past 13 years. So I started about 15 years ago. So this is not accidental. I think we can conclude. Yeah, that you're, exactly. <laughs> that you have proven that your lifestyle is successful and that you thrive in that lifestyle. Oh, yeah. It's the new me, and that's for sure. And, and it's here to stay. You know, I'm not testing it. I'm kind of a cautious person. And to the point where I lost my 160 pounds and I kept it off for two years before I ever even considered writing up or sharing my success story. Um, and the access that I had to success stories uh, back in 2006 and 2007 was really just reading on uh, in the back of the Eat to Live book the first edition. The second edition has success stories spread throughout it. And then reading on Dr. Furman's website. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I was inspired and, and moved by all of those stories. And they were, I found them very helpful. But we I didn't have social media back then, or maybe MySpace was just barely coming around. But it was nothing like sharing, you know, personal information the way people are doing it now. Right. And, um, and, but, but I, wanted to make sure that it was going to last before I shared it because after, I was skeptical myself. Yeah, two years. Now I said, well, conscious. I guess I can write it up. Yeah. <laughs> after two, so, so we're talking about 2009 was about right. the first time I start 2008, 2009, when I said, okay, you know, I, I can start to share this now because maybe it'll help other people because yeah. the saddest thing for me was when I used to watch those biggest loser shows and stuff like yeah. that. And then it would do the, where are they now? Right. And everyone gained the weight back. And that was yes. just so scary for me. Absolutely. And I didn't want to jinx myself. You know, right. I didn't want to put myself in a position to do that and then to be in the public eye. So maybe it was kind of fear-based that mm -hmm. I did that. But I think it also helped me just to stay hyper-focused. And it didn't give me, you know, I wasn't getting, you know, I wasn't getting praise in, you know, or people weren't really saying that I was inspiring them. Uh, other than people who knew me in my daily life. But um, 
until I was already what I would consider kind of rock solid, you know, okay. and stable. And I found that helpful. I, that's a, yeah, I did the opposite. I, I lost a hundred pounds and told everybody that second. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I told but everybody. But, yeah. And obviously it worked. I mean, it worked yeah. for both of you. Yeah. Uh, yeah it works for a lot of people now. I mean, I think there's just so much more sharing. Sharing is so much more casual then. I mean, I also wrote my story and, you know, my mother-in-law had been an English teacher and I sent it to her and I had her proofread it to make sure I wasn't like, you know, it was, it seemed much more permanent and it was getting right. published exactly as is. It wasn't like, you know, sharing, like now, uh, you know, we can share things and it has typos and people don't even care because they know that it was either written on a phone or people right. kind of see through all of that stuff. But I feel like 12, 13 years ago, you know, that's, you know, I don't know, it seemed more important to no, kind of have it was, the I's no. dotted and the T's crossed. You no, know? you, I mean, you, you're one of the longer success stories that I, that I know of at this point, you know, and that's important that I have to constantly remind myself that even being a member of the missing chins has only been a few years. You know, it seems yeah. like a lifetime for me because of all of the people that I know now because it and the people I surround myself with, I feel like we've all been friends forever, but it's been yeah. a very short amount of time. And you're right. So much has changed in that small amount of time. Like we were talking about the vegan food revolution is now something that didn't even exist a couple of years back. And for so for you, yeah, you didn't even have the social media platform that exists today to share your success story, or it was a, it was a lot more vetted before you could be allowed to share your success story. Right, yeah. So, but I wanted yeah. to talk more and then about- by the time- oh. the, Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, and I was gonna say, then by the time social media came around, I was just sharing you know, I was just so stoked on living life and I was doing all yeah. these things yeah. that I had not been able to do as well as I, as I was. And I, so I didn't even share any, I didn't even tell right. anyone that I used to be overweight. I was just like, Hey, check me out. You know, I'm right. skateboarding or I bought this skateboard ramp from the park in town and I yeah. moved it to my yard and I set it up behind my <laughs> barn. And like, we have mandatory Mondays where all my friends come over and we act like children or, or I, you know, started racing dirt bikes and right. you know doing all of these things, you know, including yeah. running. Like I would come home from work, and my wife's like, "Oh, let's take the kids to the park." I'm like, "Okay, you take them there," and I would clock out my miles. It was seven miles to the park, and I was like, "I'll be here. I'll be there at exactly this time," you know. <laughs> and I would hit my pace, whether it was an 8:30 pace or 8-minute pace or something like that. Like I just mapped it out, and I'm like, so I would get home from work and then run to the park. I wouldn't just like you know, I wouldn't drive to the park right. after you know, like. I was just kind of working all that, what I call living life and doing stuff. You know, I was yeah. just working all that in. I was just so excited about that, that I didn't really talk much about my story for a long time. I and just tried to live my example. And that's beautiful too, though, is that the the only downside to that is that people don't, re they look at you and go, look at this guy living, living life. They don't even think you were ever overweight. They don't think you ever yeah. had a health crisis in your life. And that's, but still, and so that's easy to broadcast now. You've everyone has on their phone a before and after picture, the the ability to sh to tell yes. their story, yeah. in instantly, which is great because I think we all need that, you know, quote unquote business card in our pocket to, hey skinny dude, why are you talking to me about being fat? And it's like because I used to be you. That's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it, first of all, it makes us relatable. Right. to people who are facing the same challenges that we faced that I faced for what I still consider my entire life. Right. right. And then the second thing is it gives us credibility. Yeah. You know, it, it gives, you know, it helps people to open up their ears and listen. Right. And sometimes it, you know, sometimes it works. 
So I wanted to talk more about the new you, because part of the new you is that you struck out on a new career path recently, what, probably a, a little over a year ago now? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's um, Healthy Human Revolution and your own coaching practice and... Yeah. So, so everything I'm doing that. is is yeah everything I'm doing is centered around my um my you know my personal website I guess if I had to have like it's really not much more than my bio and some links, but um it's earned health, and what I do formally on earned health is um I do individual one on one health coaching, and you know throughout my I guess if I can back up just a little bit to sure. to say how I got here that's fine yeah please. so. While I made my transition, or I guess I I moved back to New Jersey from uh, the Washington, D.C. area. When I was down there, I was working at the National Institutes of Health on the Human Genome Project, um, doing what was called bioinformatics at the time. And my wife and I wanted to move back to New Jersey before we started our family because we have, you know, she has siblings here who were also starting families at the same time. Um, my dad is here. Her parents are here. And we just wanted to be around family as we were going to have kids and stuff. So I looked for work. And um, luckily for me, uh, pharmaceutical companies started caring about uh, genetics and genomics, which is what I was specializing in while I was doing my work uh, at the National Institutes of Health. And they were trying to mine this data also, but they were brand new to it. They didn't understand the reference databases. They didn't understand how to work with this data. So it was a good time for me to get a job at pharmaceutical at a pharmaceutical company because there are lots of them here in New Jersey. So the timing kind of worked out and I worked there as old Anthony for five years. Then, you know, I learned of Dr. Furman's work, completely changed my life, lost all my weight. And then I, you know, right after I wrote up my success story, I wanted to start helping people. And I also realized that the work I was doing in pharmaceuticals wasn't as directly helping people as much as I thought I could, right? I learned slowly that, that you know, disease prevention is a real thing. Like, it doesn't have to be all focused on disease management, you know, which is what we're doing in, in pharmaceuticals. I mean, we're looking for cures, but what we end up doing is helping people to manage disease. Um, you know, if, if we wanted to be even skeptical, we're helping people to maintain diseases. Right, um, care. Exactly. And, and a lot of those things are preventable and many of them are even reversible by changing lifestyle. And when I say that, I'm speaking from personal experience, you know, from all of the things that I reversed in my life. Right. So I wanted to figure out how to help people. But, you know, having a young family and having a lifestyle that I had grown into, you know, as my income went up over the years and my wife was still working um, was really hard. So I did a lot of volunteering. I volunteered for 10 plus years, you know, sharing my story everywhere. I would travel around. I would, you know, and um, I would do what I would say was coaching people, but really just helping people. And I was also building community. You know, I was always doing potlucks and I was doing these things called cooking cook chats where we would invite people over to our house and we would cook a meal together. Like my wife and I would set up stations and we would have people... Um, make parts of a meal and then we would sit down and eat together and talked about why we use the ingredients and all these things so I was I was doing a lot to help people but it was always on a purely volunteer basis because I never figured out how to um, replace the income that I was making in pharmaceuticals and a couple of years ago 
my wife, um, well, both of us started reading this uh, Mary, Marie Kondo, these books about tidying up. And then my wife watched this documentary on Netflix called The Minimalist. Mm -hmm. And she got pretty excited about it just for the simplicity. And when we talked about, you know, I guess switching to a more minimalistic lifestyle, we talked about removing the need to do things or lowering the number of things in our lives that we have to do and really leaving more space for things that we want to do. So that was in line with what I wanted to do professionally as well as personally. I mean, I knew that I didn't want to spend all day Saturday working on the, you know, on the yard. You know, we had six and a half acres of property. We had multiple buildings on the property. We had, you know, a, a big garden. You know, we had all these things that were great for us at some points, but also they took a lot of work. And there were a lot of things we had to do in order to maintain that property. So anyway, longer story short, we um, became minimalists. We really did sell, um, give away, or donate um, most of what we had. Uh, some of it wasn't even good enough to donate, so we did have to throw, throw some things in the trash. <laughs> right. But what we did in that process is we opened up space for us to do all kinds of things. And one of the things we opened up space for is for me to change careers. And it was August 10th of 2018 was my last day working at Novartis Pharmaceuticals. Wow. And since then, I've been focused fully on helping people more in the prevention and the reversal state. And for me, what that looks like on a daily basis is um, I became a nationally board certified health and wellness coach. And I went for that certification because it's, it's by the um, National Board of Medical Examiners, which is the same board that licenses physicians and nurse, nurses and nurse practitioners, right? And it's not attached to any school. It's an independent accrediting body. Um, and they have a prerequisite you know, set of programs that you have to go through. They have a lot of work that you have to do before you're eligible to take the exam. And then the exam is you know, you have to go there and literally be frisked. You have to take off your watch. You have to take off your jewelry. You have to put your cell phone, everything into a locker. Mm -hmm. If you have cuffs on your pants, they, they check them. They make you turn your pockets inside out. Like it's a pretty, it was a pretty interesting experience. And then you sit for this four and a half hour exam, right? So um, I'm proud to say that I passed that. And I thought that I was doing that as a formality because I wanted some kind of credential to show that I was really qualified to help people. But through this entire process of being eligible to apply to take this test, I learned an incredible amount about how to help people and, and really what coaching is at its core. So that's where I, I go back and forth on this distinction, saying that I used to help people, now I coach people. But um, you know, it, it really is kind of a formality. I mean, coaching is very, very broad, but, but um. Yeah, so so we freed up our lives so that I can coach I can coach people for I mean uh, full time, and that I can work on some other projects. You know where like things like the Healthy Human Revolution, which isn't necessarily coaching, but that's really you know putting out some educational tools and so, and some things that um, people can use on their own, some kind of self guided study study work and things to really learn more about how to use a whole food plant based diet to help people in their daily lives. And that's 
that's exactly why we wanted to have you on the show today and ha why we wanted to have this conversation with you because you know part of why we've taken the missing chin secret group public to the public facing page is to tie all of these resources together to show people that whether it be uh, sick to fit or whether it be healthy human revolution or yeah whatever we're you know the grind podcast we're all doing exactly the same thing in pretty much exactly the same way and i think people need to see more of that that it's not you know people are repelled by uh you know take my course or read my book or my way is the only way and it's you know all of us collectively are here to say this works for everybody 100% oh, yeah. of the time. It's not yeah. a gimmick. It's not that I figured out that nightshades are bad for me or that, mm -hmm. you know, wheat belly or whatever the, the garbage science is of the day because people resident people are attracted to that because it's, it's glamorous and glittery and exciting. And it's a, it's a shortcut and a way to, to lose weight quick. Uh, but then, you know, we love to show people the opposite way, the, ma the maintainable way, the successful way that's, that is a lifestyle that's not a gimmick, that's repeatable and attainable. Um, so I really appreciate yeah, right. you taking the, I really appreciate you taking the time to share all of that with us. And we encourage everyone to reach out to Anthony's page, reach out to him personally. Obviously, he's got a prolific presence on all social media, check him out, reach out to him personally. He can help. I've, I know he's helped me tremendously. I'm blessed to be a friend of his. Um, and we just thank you for taking the time to have a chat yeah, with thanks. us today. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks. It's really my pleasure. And I, you know, and I absolutely appreciate what you, what you're doing, Matt, what you're doing, Bob, by bringing these stories out there and, and kind of showing behind the scenes, because it is, I don't know. It's helpful to know where, pe you know, to understand where people struggle, but also where people succeed. And you said it right. You know, it works every time for everyone who does it. Um, yes. It's just that the, the customization comes in figuring out how to make it work for you. Right. And, and collectively, I think with the people that you're sharing stories on this uh, podcast, that there's going to be a total body of information that where everyone is going to be able to find something helpful you know, in all of these stories. One of the biggest common threads out of everybody that we've had on, and, and you kind of mentioned it and we kind of went over it quickly, is just having your mind in the right place, being positive and, and trying to move forward with that. Yeah, you could be negative and tear apart anything, but if you have that positive mindset and you, you feel like you can accomplish it, and hopefully by showing all of these different stories, with this podcast and through the missing chins public page that people can see that, yeah, you can do it. It can be done. And, and positivity is such a big part of it. Right. Yeah. And where, where I think that, where I think that needs to start because now I have a whole different set of experience, you know, from having helped people individually and by, you know, helping, you know, in depth, right. I mean, really working, mm -hmm. there are clients that I speak with every single day because that's what they need, whether it's for accountability or whether it's, you know, for, for support. But just like realizing the importance of making a decision and recognizing how challenging that is for so many people. I mean, all you have to do is decide that this is what you're going to do. And then you become forced to figure out how to make it work. Just like when we buy a house and we sign for that mortgage, right? It's scary. Yeah. 
but you but but you don't have any doubt that you're going to pay that every month right or or right. whether you're taking a lease and you're going to pay rent right? right you sign your name that's a contract i'm going to pay my rent every single month you know yep. and and it, it so we're very good at doing that or we take a job you know not even an expense right. but we don't know how we're going to get to work every single day i mean we know we're going to do it but but we commit to doing these things but people are for for a whole variety of reasons some of them you know more valid than others people don't commit to making their their lifestyle change but once they do it's like magic because now you're forced to figure out how to live within your new set of parameters and forcing yourself to do it is the only way to figure out what you're going to eat if you're out with your friends at a party and there's nothing there or what you're not going to eat exactly what you said matt you know the like learning that there there is always this ace in the hole where hey you can just not eat right and we right. can survive for two or three or even four hours you know imagine that without eating <laughs> right. something with but, no food but, yeah. <laughs> but people don't even know that because they've right. never put themselves in the position where they've been forced to learn that firsthand because right. we can tell people things all day but until they experience it they don't believe it so um yeah, I, I don't I don't mean to go off on a whole rant, but really that decision, I mean, making that yes. decision forces you to go into problem solving mode. And yeah. that's where I feel like the positivity comes in, not so much like the, you know, the high fives and the pats on the back and the encouragement. Yeah. It's not really that kind of positivity. It's really just marching forward without any other choice, without I giving love, yourself any any other yep. choice. I love all three of those analogies, though, because I've never heard it expressed that way. But yeah, people commonly will sign a 30-year commitment to a house yeah and 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 know that they are going to figure out a way to get it done month after month after month and or the same way like i'm going to accept this job and i'm going to figure out how i'm going to get there every single morning those are the same people that spend tons of money on very expensive dog food to make sure that their dog is healthy And yeah. eat crap themselves. And, and, st- and stop at the drive-thru on the yeah. way home because they don't have time to take care of themselves. I was one of those yeah, in, people. In, 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 their car that, in their same car that they won't drive more than 3,001 miles without, without getting a synthetic oil change, oil change you know, or putting, <laughs> or putting the stickiest Pirelli tires on there for the summertime. And like, you know, like uh, using just the right windshield washer fluid, you know, because all these things are important for our babies, you know. And, and, Another beautiful you know. analogy there. Yeah. That's, I mean, you've you've simplified it in 10 different ways right there that it's like, yeah, but, and I mean, that's, I love that though. I hope, I hope that everybody spends some time listening to what Anthony just said, that those, those comparisons are things that you do routinely on a daily basis and, and hold that up to your excuses about why you can't maintain a healthy lifestyle because all of those are perfect examples to me. That really, really spoke to me. And uh, and I wasn't looking for <laughs> a method right, to right. maintain yeah. a healthy lifestyle. So hopefully that's, that's as powerful to everyone else as it was to me right then because that's yeah. beautiful. Thank you, Matt. And what it really, Absolutely. you know, and what it comes down to is taking care of ourselves, you know, putting ourselves yes. first, yep. you know, it, it's important exactly. and we, we all know that. And that's yep. personally why I love getting together um, with people from the Missing Chins group, because it's automatically understood. You know, yes. if, if I had to pick a, a, you know, a group of people to be dropped off in the middle of nowhere with and, to, you know, have some confidence that we were going to survive and get ourselves to where we needed to be, I, it would be a group of people 
who don't put up excuses, look for solutions, right? And right. are focused on just getting done what needs to be done, right? And that's right. why when we get together, it doesn't matter if it rains one day or not, or if it doesn't matter if the weather isn't cooperating with us, you know, on a day that we had planned to go running or, or, right. you know, if I tell people that the sunrise is beautiful from the top of a mountain, and but the sun's coming up at like 345 in the morning or 445 in the morning, I forget what time it was, <laughs> like, there's a whole list of people, we have to figure out how we're going to get all of us up there to see it, right? You know, it's not like we're looking for how to do less. Everyone's looking for, you know, how to enjoy themselves, how to do more, and how to, um, yeah, yes. with, with no excuses. You know, with, exactly. with no excuses. The no excuses every... lifestyle. Exactly. That's yeah. it? Yeah. That's my That's favorite a... thing, you know, about, you know, being, I have the privilege of being able to interact with all the, all the people in the Missing Chins Run Club. So, you know, I really appreciate Josh getting us all together. I appreciate yes. Tim is the one who added me to the group, you know, <laughs> early on a long time ago. And then getting to know everyone who's in there. It's really, I mean, those are the kind of people I want to be around. You know, the people who are doing it, doing things. We feel the same way. And that's, Absolutely. So thank you again, Anthony. Uh, You're welcome. Thanks for, thanks for donating your time for this. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, and we will talk to you soon. Yes, Thanks, me too. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Matt. You guys All have right. a great afternoon. And Thanks, um, I can't believe you snuck me into this. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I am a salesman sure. after all. I appreciate Yeah, you are. In case there was ever any doubt, now we know. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. All right. I'll talk have to fun, you guys. Soon, You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for hanging out with us today. If you enjoyed the show, have comments or ideas, tell us in the comments. The Grind, a Missing Chins Run Club podcast can be found on Facebook at Missing Chins and also online, missingchins.org. Grind or go home.